Um, well, I'm delighted that we've finally all got on the call and I'm here with Ty Goddard and Mark Anderson who have been working on the EdTech 50 Schools Initiative. So Ty and Mark, I wondered for those listening who haven't been following what you're up to, could you just share with us what the EdTech 50 Schools programme is? Well, it's essentially a celebration of all the great work that's going on in terms of education technology supporting teaching and learning across UK schools. So following the EdTech 50 yearbook, the kind of 2018 landscape view that we published in March this year, Mark and I had talked a lot about celebrating what's going really well in schools, whether it's big-scale interventions or small-scale interventions across schools. And we wanted to kind of find out where we were uh, across, across UK schools in terms of how people are using EdTech, what they're finding from their use of EdTech. And, and frankly, we wanted to celebrate it. I mean, we don't think that we're celebrating the use of education technology enough um, and it's it's that that we wanted to capture, I think. Yeah, and it's surfacing all of that good stuff, isn't it? Because it is going on and whether it's shared on Twitter or like the EdTech 50 crowd that you pulled together before, it was great to sort of highlight there. But it is always that surfacing and sharing and and hopefully scaling of some of those amazing initiatives and when Mark got in contact before to, to mention that part of this was going to be hiring a camper van, getting in the camper van together and going around the UK, I thought this was amazing. So what a cool project. And perhaps you could also share some of the, the highlights. So you went to each corner of the United Kingdom in said caravan, which what, what was the make? I want to know more about the caravan as well. <laughs> 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 we, had, we had a bit of a problem actually with a camper van because and, and give, given what you know about myself in particular Sophie none of the plugs worked oh dear oh I see charging me, charging me, is my need for ed tech or ed, ed technology products in my phone my iPad my, <laughs> all the rest of it yeah keeping things charged was a daily challenge wasn't it Ty yeah I mean this was a beautiful big scale motor van I mean to call it a camper van frankly doesn't do it justice <laughs> but I, I um, do apologise. No, no, don't apologise. We 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 didn't quite feel, didn't quite expect how roomy it was, but also how much we needed a really decent handbook. Uh, I mean, we had a level of information about this uh, machine, um, but you know, Mark, Mark, myself, and I, we were. Uh, it was an adventure. It sounds like it. It's like a, an edtech version of the trip. So, so so good though. I mean. I knew it would be a fantastic trip, and I, I get to visit schools, you know, all the time, which is a really sort of lucky and fortunate position that I'm in with the work that I do. But I mean, time was the same. But we just left completely inspired. Yeah. You know, every single school we went to had their own story about what they were doing, and it was never about. And this is a quote from um, the school Seafew uh, Primary in Northern Ireland in Belfast, and uh, from their head teacher, she said. Uh, you know, we're not a um, Google school, we're not an Apple school, we're not a Microsoft school, we're a school. That, for me, was what was really powerful, I think. It, was, it wasn't about there being a one-size-fits-all approach to you know, making everything work. It was about how they're working in their context with their students, with their parents, with their teachers, making a difference and, and how technology is enabling that to happen. Can you describe a little bit more about the students, the the community there, what type of school it was and you know, how they were using those different technologies? 
Yeah, sure. I mean, Seaview is in Belfast. It's not a particularly affluent area where the school is based. They've got some quite interesting murals on the walls uh, in, the, in, the, in the community, I mean, rather than inside the school, sort of linking through to some of the troubles from the past and, and what have you. But again, it was interesting the conversations we were having around the table. People would assume because they've won all these awards for their, uh, there's an ICC and Excellence Award in Northern Ireland, they've won the TES uh, Innovative Use of Technology in Schools Awards, all this sort of stuff. And people assume they're like an iPad one-to-one school and they're at this school and they're at that school. But they've only got 30 iPads in the school with all the children they've got there, you know. And it's about them making the best use of what technology they've got. And whilst they've got a fair amount, there isn't a lot. And it's not a technology-rich school per se. It's more what I call like a learning-rich school. And that was really evident in the conversations I had with both teachers and the students. And the students, the pupils in the school, were just so confident about their um, discussions around what it was that they were learning. And I love that. You know, when you, sometimes you go into a school and you start talking to a child about what they're doing in class, and they start talking to you about the app they're using. Mm-hmm. What the children at Seaview did was they talked about what it was that they were learning about. And so it wasn't a focus on technology at all. It was a focus on the actual learning content. And that, for me, is what it should be about. You know, ed tech's fantastic, but it's not about the ed tech. It's about how the ed tech can serve learning. And regardless of whether I'm talking to a, a child in, in year two, year three, year four, year six, you know, they, they were all really clear about what it was that they were doing and explaining it really well. And, and again, the, the levels of confidence, you know, we, we talked to some children in year five who were using microbits. These microbits are the BBC funded project to, to get kids coding from year seven and upwards. But these are year fives. They were using terminology like for loops and what have you, things that, you know, as a secondary teacher myself, I wouldn't be expecting children to be talking about that sort of stuff until, you know, sort of year eight, year nine. And so, you know, it was just an absolutely inspiring place. I mean, we, even in one class, I think it was, was it um, a year two class time where they were using Go Noodle? So, I don't, have you come across Go Noodle, Sophie? No, I haven't, no. So Go Noodle is a, a tool that uh, is used in schools to help keep children active. And there's different dance routines they do to break up the learning and all this sort of stuff and, and um, give children a chance to sort of stretch their legs and do all this sort of stuff as well. And as we were about to leave this one classroom, <laughs> so they started their Go Noodle session. And uh, Ty was like, oh, you mean we can dance? So I've got these lovely videos of Ty dancing with all these children and doing the Go Noodle activity. <laughs> It's just part and parcel of, of their daily life, you know? And, and just like you'd expect a child to better you know, confidently use a compass or a ruler or a protractor, mm-hmm. yeah, they were there using lots of different types of technology, from Spheros to the Edison to the Obots to all sorts of different uh, robotics. Uh, Lego, uh, WeDo they were using as well. All sorts of stuff. But again, just confidently using it and using it where they were talking about what they were doing with it rather than about it. You mentioned that it was quite an emotional trip as well. So what were some of the highlights for you? I think lots of ways. I mean, you know, this is really vital, I think. You're going to schools. and And I do regularly, but this was this was condensed this was a a trip that you know went from school to school community to community teachers were I think really happy to open up about some of their successes some of the things that hadn't worked I think there was a sense also that at last we're having a conversation about education technology so wherever we went 
people were telling us their stories and that's how it should be so rather than expecting you know schools to always visit this conference or that event mm-hmm. um, going to them is really important and I think as Mark said about Seaview you know seeing the communities that these schools are located in I mm-hmm. think is absolutely vital and I think we then from Belfast we went down to Dublin and then over to Liverpool early morning in a small primary in McGull in Liverpool and just seeing how a school works on the ground it's a really important reminder to people that are designing education technology thinking about a particular product is you know context is key mm-hmm. understanding education is absolutely vital and I think what we had was a positive journey but also there was a humility about it I think you know that you're you're listening to people's stories and that was really important. Bro Eden School in Cardiff you know Kerry Anwen the assistant head teacher who took us there I mean she was so sort of proud of her school we we, we must have visited sort of 15 different classrooms in the hour (laughs) that we were there we bombed around really really quickly but had a lovely chance to chat with teachers and students again and again, and that, that context is absolutely key. A Welsh medium school that are using technology in really innovative ways. But again, it wasn't about the technology being a star. It was, it, was, it was about using it in a way which serves what they were trying to learn and, and, and the activities they were doing in the classroom. And that came up, didn't it? That came yeah. up throughout. It was, it was not rarefying the technology. It was not putting the technology on a pedestal. It was about, look, this is just a thing we happen to use and we use it for this. That was a key throughout the trip. We bounced off the van in uh, Middlesbrough after a fantastic early morning on the uh, coast up there, overlooking the most glorious sandy beaches. And we popped into Acklam Grange, just outside Middlesbrough. And fantastic time, an emotional time as well there. We, we obviously talked about the tech. We talked about how they're flipping, not only learning, but actually flipping meetings in the sense that, the preparation for meetings is done profoundly by staff before the meeting to make much more effective decisions. And then we were taken outside to this memorial for the First World War, and we had absolutely wonderful opportunity to attach a poppy, an acetate poppy, wasn't it, Mark? A very... Acrylic uh, poppy it was, yeah. Acrylic, yeah, yeah, yeah. And an amazing memorial to the 3,000 odd people from Middlesbrough who died in the war and this was a memorial right across uh, uh, Acklam Granges near the entrance on their school wall. Both Mark and I we uh, put a poppy on that wall and it was a very very powerful moment. These schools are, are steeped in history aren't they and getting getting Absolutely. under the skin of that is going to make them so much more three-dimensional one question I had, yeah. you travelled the breadth of the country, whether you yeah. saw any clear contrasts of, you know, we often talk about north and south or, or whatever it might be, or is the kind of takeaway that actually, you know, it's more similarities. I was just interested to know, having travelled to so many different parts of the United Kingdom, whether there was that <coughs> contrast or or what your kind of takeaway was on, on how schools differed or shared similarities 
There's, there's a link, really, between what Time was just saying about Ackland Grange and the work there around the Remembrance and every other school we visited, really, because it's things like that Remembrance Wall and what have you that helps build that fantastic culture and ethos around the school being a palace of remembrance and learning and education. What we saw was was that all of these, these schools are doing brilliant things. It just wasn't about technology. It was about working closely with people getting great relationships, getting the ethos and the culture right and getting those conditions for success absolutely spot on and providing scaffolding for teachers who weren't confident using the technology, all these different things, you know, mindfulness, well-being, workload, all of those things were really clear and evident in every single school that we went to, weren't they, Ty? They were. And, and I think that's really worth reminding ourselves about is that, you know, what is the purpose of what the tech is there to do. Um, but also, I think there was a sense that when we, we did a, a quick roundtable policy discussion as well in Northern Ireland over lunch after we'd been throughout the school, and it's also clear in Wales, and I think it's clear in, in Scotland, is that those national conversations, those conversations amongst the educators, have in fact been going on for perhaps longer than, than they have collectively in England. Mark made the point about Broeden in um, Cardiff, but you know there's a, there's a resources platform called The Hub, uh, HWB in Wales, where it's resources rich, it's guidance rich, it's a national platform for education technology. And, and it was the same in, across the Northern Ireland community, and it's the same with GLOW up in Scotland. So there was a sense of a national unified push that perhaps we haven't seen in, in England. And I think that's what this year has said to me, is that, you know, the first EdTech 50, the landscape view, the, almost the 2018 yearbook, was revealing in its landscape, there's a rich education technology landscape across the UK. We had then Damien Hines, the Secretary of State for Education there at the DfE, announce, say, the beginnings of an EdTech revolution in the summer. And I think, you know, we've been aware, lots of us in the EdTech world, that Wales, Scotland and Northern Ireland, there's a lot to learn from them. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I think we could learn some of those lessons. And, and clearly, as we build the sector and think about the sector, we should look at those lessons. And again, you know, our, our foray into Scotland, we, we stopped up in uh, East Kilbride. Again, that was fascinating because not only did we see and, and have time with a, a head teacher, but we also met uh, one of the relatively new ed tech businesses based up there, SpyQuest, that is really doing fantastic things to encourage young people's reading with augmented reality. So it's books plus augmented reality. And, and, and both Mark and I were really excited to meet SpyQuest up there. And then we came south, and I think for both of us, the Saturday morning that we spent in Shireland Collegiate Academy in Birmingham was, was a really fitting endpoint. You know, we met the head teacher there, Sir Mark uh, Grundy, came to the school in 1997, took a lot of his thinking around uh, how school succeeds by, by empowering its community, not only internally, but also externally. And, and used technology in a number of ways across the school that I think, you know, is a really useful model. And as he, he said, 
it's not particularly clever. It shouldn't be intimidating. It's not clever, but I'd argue it's still pretty unusual in terms of the way that he was looking at supporting blended learning by class sites, creating sites for, for young people to access materials, for parents to look at materials. Also, that he was looking at almost a, a really interesting approach to learner analytics using the Microsoft Power BI to transform assessment across the whole school. And I think Mark and I were really impressed. What did you think about Shia and Mark? I thought it was really, really good. And, and there, there are often lots of people like me in uh, schools who are uh, sort of working in a bit of a silo, as it were. And that, that's not to say in schools I've worked in before, it's only been me using technology. Obviously, there have been lots of others. But um, when you want things to work in a school, you know, you need to think about it, how it works at scale. And you need to have those sort of consistent platforms and procedures and infrastructure to make sure it all works and happens. And what was really key and clear from Sir Mark Grundy at Charlotte was they've got that down there. <laughs> they've, they've really got it sorted. Mm-hmm. So much so that um, sort of free schools that they've been building uh, and setting up and some new ones as well. You know, they're looking at setting up uh, systems that can actually be then transposed in, into other uh, schools so they can take on these sort of um, setups that they've, they've been developing and working on at Charland so that they, other schools can benefit from this. They're, 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 he was talking about how he's been talking with uh, DFE and other organisations about how that could be looked at being sort of ramped up and, and sort of shared at scale as well, which I think is really, really exciting. And also sort of linking through with other sort of local providers. So that I think it was Aston University, was it, Ty? Yeah. Um, that they're, they're linking up with to get in and support with the work they're trying to do as well. And, and just thinking about, you know, utilising technology and people in innovative ways that can just have that big difference. And so it was a really, really great conversation, wasn't it, about how they're making things work. But what I think is really exciting in the ne- for the next stage, I mean, I, I share regularly that, you know, as an Englishman, it's a bit embarrassing that Wales and Scotland and Northern Ireland are doing mm-hmm. much better. It's not to say that they, they've got it licked. It's not to say that you know what the herbal glow or whatever is perfect, but at least they've got that that they can build upon. We haven't even got that, you know. So where's the English hub equivalent? Where's the English edtech network where there's great case studies of edtech being used really, really well, so that um, it can have that big impact and difference at scale. That's the sort of thing um, that I think the edtech fifty can really, really help with as well. These, these schools that are going to be applying and uh, please do if you're listening if you're, if you're a school that's doing some great stuff with technology please do uh, nominate yourselves or if you're a parent listening you know your child doing, doing some great stuff with technology in their school please do nominate their school as well because we're really really keen to do is, is and, and this is part of the reason for the tour as well about shining a spotlight on the great practice that is going on across our uh, across the whole of the uk so that we can learn more from each other and, okay and make a bigger difference you know so, so if you're a school listening in and you're based in the uk you go to which website well you can go at, initially to a good entry point is the education foundation website ednfoundation.org that will take you into it's a very simple we've set up a very simple survey monkey that seemed to work really effectively last time and we've also taken lots of advice from educators and others about how we want to allow people to define impact, for instance, in their own way. And I think we, you know, it's, it's important that we focus on impact, but 
what we want to do is allow people to articulate the impact of education technology in their own way. And as Mark said, it's it's small scale interventions, small differences. And, and you know, we talked about this a lot because obviously we had lots of hours to chat as we were hitting the motorways of the UK. Mark talks about, you know, marginal gains and, and, and the thinking behind small interventions across a school, right from the back office, right from linking to parents, right from openness about homework, right from quizzing, find out where, where young people are up to in terms of their knowledge, their retrieval, etc., etc. This is all really important. So please don't think that this is about, you know, whiz-bang, the whole school has never seen a pen or a piece of paper, for instance. We're not, we're not saying that. But how is tech being used in your school? And it's about celebrating. So we came with that spirit of celebration in the motorhome, in the EdTech 50 tour. And I think it's going to be that same spirit of celebration about the work that's going on in our schools. And we got a glimpse. We got a a uh, profound glimpse in six days of being on the road from the Monday, early Monday morning in Brighton, right through to finishing in Birmingham on the Saturday, a glimpse into the fantastic work that's going on uh, across our schools. Okay, fantastic. So if people want to apply, they've got to the end of January. So hopefully we'll get this out in good time. And last few questions. I would just want to try and build a picture of, of you guys on the road. What music are you listening into? And what were both of your top three memories? So that can be related to schools or projects or educators that you met or students that you met, or it can be, you know, amazing view or something that you, you remember that tickled you during the week that you had together. We started to build a playlist a little while uh, before the, the the trip and what have you, but I did share the playlist we were listening to on Twitter, so I can share that with you, Sophie, so you can add it to the show notes. If I you would want. love that, yeah, yes, please. Uh, but um, I, I did find, I mean, Ty has now found a newfound love for uh, Madion and Porter Robinson uh, from listening to uh, some of my sort of favourite tracks and, and bits and bobs. Um, but I learned, and it was, it was, it was funny because I was walking around Matera Park yesterday in Madrid and I, I saw a street performer playing a bit of Get Lucky by Daft Punk. <laughs> and I've learned that Ty is a humongous Daft Punk fan, so we had lots of Daft Punk tracks playing. <laughs> <laughs> from the Giorgio Moroder track to um, Get Lucky to you know the whole, see, whole album. That, oh. that album reminds me of going to watch the Tour de France and we listened to that pretty much on repeat for a long time. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that was all of that. And then um, what was the name of the um, coastal town near um, uh, John Tate, uh, near Atham Grange? Saltburn by the Sea, which you uh, loved. Uh, I mean, it, it was pitch black when we rocked up. We parked on, on the side of the road at the top of a, a cliff face, but the um, the view in the morning as, as, as the sun rose over the water and that, it was just absolutely stunning. Cold, <laughs> but absolutely stunning. It was beautiful, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So I learned a lot about music, which was fantastic. We both felt that we learnt, we listened, and we celebrated what we saw. The most magic view, I think, I share that with Mark, was, was Saltburn by the sea. It, it was fantastic. And then that journey uh, through the night on Friday as we're journeying down to Birmingham for the next morning was, was absolutely fantastic. And I think my school memory, I think my profound school memory, I think was Sea View was fantastic in Belfast, but I think it all came together in Shireland because... Mm-hmm. 
it, it, it was a system-wide approach and it built on a deep, deep trust in uh, the partnership between parents and the school. And there was EdTech right at the heart of it, you know, in terms of the class sites that I talked about, in terms of the audio and video feedback, which clearly can be shared with parents. And then this kind of ongoing assessment, very powerful data visualization. And there was a moment, I think, in our interview, and we've got all those interviews and we put them out on Twitter as well, but there was a moment with Mark Grundy up there in Smedic in the West Midlands where I thought, right, this is a model. And Mark talks about at scale, this is a model of thinking, a way of thinking that can actually be shared at at scale. So joyous. I mean, as we said, a, a journey of positivity. And we need more of those, frankly, in education. You know, there's tough times out there budget-wise, morale-wise. We need to talk up the superb work of our educators, and I, and I think we did that, and I think we did it in the right way. So I'd love to see as well, right? So one of the things we saw at um, Seaview, they didn't just have, like, teachers coming and visiting. They had, like, policy advisors. They had sort of the local inspector at the sort of equivalent of Ofsted in. You know, we talk about us um, on our tour. I'd love to see Ofsted do a road trip like we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so and when I... Went Rather than being like, you know, going around, oh, you're outstanding, you're requires improvement, you're this, you're that. Just go around and just only share the great stuff, you know? I think it'd be so powerful. More people should do it. So, well, this is one of my, so my final comment then. So everyone, everyone listening in, go and apply. And then what about a convoy next year? <laughs> oh, are we going to get, we need to get a, like a proper um, sort of band tour coach? Yes. Take the whole, take a whole group around with us. I mean, that'd be fantastic, wouldn't it, Ty? That would be amazing. Yeah. Our sponsors uh, were NetSupport, and um, Al Kingsley, who's the uh, MD at NetSupport, suggested that we um, take it to Europe next year. But I think, whilst that would be fantastic, I think there's more amazing stories to be uncovered in the, in the UK. And that's, that's what excites me about Take 50 is about finding those those pockets of excellence that aren't doing like woohoo whiz bang stuff, but are there day in day out using these little things, these little tweaks that are making a huge difference when you add them all together. I'm just really excited to find out more, and when, I'm really looking forward to seeing all the entries when they they're all sort of populated through the nomination procedure. I'm so excited about it. Excellent. Well, thank you both so much for your time. Um, we'll share this out, and yeah, I hope you get some good night's sleep now you're back uh, in bricks and mortar houses. Yes, we will. <laughs> thanks, and, and also thanks for what you do, Sophie. Uh, really appreciated. Oh, thank you, Ty. I'll, I'm going to go off and uh, get the Daft Punk album on. <laughs> I'll, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll send you the uh, link to the playlist so you can uh, have, have a good listen through. Oh, and rainbows as well. We saw rainbows a lot. Yeah, we saw a lot of rainbows, didn't we, on the journey? <laughs> we saw the second morning or the third day. It was amazing. Yeah. So if you saw a lot of rainbows, I'm guessing you saw a lot of rain as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> about rain. The, the, the um, crossings to Ireland and back were... Um, <laughs> Horizontal. Rocky, shall we say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were pretty... Uh, I, I admit, I, I was quite scared, actually, on one of them. <laughs> <laughs> you need to do the Isle of Wight trip. That's even... Uh, that can be a bit tenuous at times. Yeah, absolutely. Bit, Maybe um, we'll do it on our convoy tour then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely all right well thank you both so much and have a good rest of your day yes thank you so bye bye all the best